Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. as that I had a long night last night <laughs> Went out on the town with the uh the uh my love and uh had a good time to stay up a little bit past my normal so well uh you know normal past when I'm out in the field uh, <laughs> all bets are off but you know on the average night that's not my typical thing to do but we had a good time I was just a little tired and still am but glad to be here <laughs> all right cool I I uh yeah I was going to make it to Hawksquatch today, and uh, I was unable to because I had an angry gallbladder. So um, it's it's bad when uh, you have have something that makes you look at your knife block in your kitchen at night and thinking. I bet there's a uh, I bet there's a video on the internet of how to, how to do this at home. So uh, sure, I don't recommend it. <laughs> a lot of videos out there. <laughs> So you did make it to Hopsquatch today, and uh, it was a good friend of ours, Barb, that was uh, doing the presentation. Um, how, mm-hmm. How'd she do? You know, I was a little bit late, um, but um, overall, um, and I got caught up. She handed out uh, like a little uh, paper, a flyer with information went up, but um I got I got to see uh, the majority of it and uh, I was impressed. I was very impressed. I thought uh, Barb did a fantastic job. 
um she uh she kept the audience engaged uh and she she just did a it was a really good presentation overall <clears throat> i was really happy with it and i thought you know kudos to her i can tell that she's been working on this for a while and uh um i think everybody <clears throat> that attended uh took something uh, positive away from that presentation and that's that's a plus uh major plus um it was refreshing in a lot of aspects as well that's cool i i understand from uh if you can if i can believe what i read on facebook that it was a, another sellout crowd for guys event so yeah it was it was it was packed uh it was a g- another great turnout <clears throat> i don't know how guy does it sometimes but uh and kudos <laughs> to him he, he he does a fantastic job it was it was yeah it was uh it was a filled room um a lot of people uh you know a lot of people there very engaged and and uh it was just a great crowd and a great discussion a great presentation and a good time to be had by all <laughs> well they they uh had a panel uh discussion panel afterwards and i um who all participated i know that you you got tapped there at the last minute but uh yeah. Who all participated um, in the uh, discussion panel? Uh, Tom Powell, uh, uh, Barb, uh, <clears throat> Barbara Oliver, uh, the present presentee, um, myself, and uh, there was a Skype um, interview or uh, in Colorado. Who has been on? Um, I, I, I initially met Jason Aiken um, through Facebook, and we had him on um, Cryptologic Radio. A while back, and the discussion was with a few of the NOAC um, individuals, uh, and basically the, the topic was uh, no-kill, pro-kill, or pro-specimen, as NOAC calls it, pro-specimen. And, and Jason mm-hmm. Aiken, um took the role of, uh, you know, no-kill or, you know, specimens no not specimen. needed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah. But okay. um, I met him that way, and I was very impressed. And I think um, – Having done that show and a few other things, he he got he got really interested in the subject. He's helped the Olympic project out, and his uh, he's very refreshing. He's an IT guy. He's uh, very smart with computers and and um, uh, analysis and, and data collection and stuff like that. So he's an asset uh, to to the community. So he was part of the discussion via Skype, and uh, so it was it was a. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Gunner, uh, we were hoping you'd be there because you know you're, you'd be a great panelist and you would have done a great job. And um, you know, Guy Edwards, uh, you know, he kind of hosted the, the discussion and the questions, and we took questions from the audience and stuff. But it was it was a, a good time. Um, I thought it just went really well. And the panel, you know, we don't always agree on everything, but uh, we have In a Bitcoin? common interest. Uh, yeah, I know what the heck. <laughs> What is going but on? It was no, but, yeah, it was civil and mature, and uh, we can agree to disagree, and we can agree to agree on certain things. So, you know, I mean, Tom Powell, you know, I disagree with some of you know his approach, or not necessarily approach, but his some of his ideas. But he's a wealth of knowledge. I got mad respect for the guy. Uh, yeah. The areas, some of the areas that he has been researching in, I research in, and so there's so much I can learn from him. And that's that's that was part of the topic tonight was collaboration and in organization regardless of views, um, you know, or ideas. That that was that was fun. That's good because that's 
my uh, I've been saying collaboration versus competition because I think that you know we're not we're all after the same the the, the same we have quarry. A common goal or common interest. Right, right. We have yeah. a common we have a common interest. Yeah, different goals, and that's different you have goals, to respect right. everybody's. Yeah, everybody's in it. You know, I mean, people are in it and want to prove that they exist. People are in it and just want to go out and and have a Bigfoot experience, and and that's all, that's exactly. fine. You know, Tom, Tom went from being uh, an evidence collector, wanting to you know prove them through physical evidence, to and he had some experiences that changed his perception. So right, he, he was he, has, he was labeled an aper. <laughs> right, right. You know, and yeah, yeah, and that's that's aper and uh, you know, and I don't even like the word paranormalist. I just think that there's or woo-woo, I think that kind of uh, is, mm-hmm. diminishes what people are, are having these experiences. And and we don't know what, you know, I've not, it's not been my experience, but right. there's enough people having uh, unexplained phenomenon associated with Bigfoot. And mm-hmm. I, I like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that science has, does not have a complete picture of, of, of everything and have all the answers for everything that exists. Um, yeah, and Jason uh, Aiken, he brought up a good tonight was that, you know, some of the the truths that science have found today will be um, become fallacies or changed 15, 10, 15 years down the road. That's how science works. So right. uh, very true. Um, you know, I, I don't I'm not a uh, into the paranormal aspect of Sasquatch, mainly because I haven't experienced it. Uh, I believe Sasquatch be flesh and blood and can be proven through uh, scientific method and whatnot. But. I can never truly rule out anything, especially if I've not experienced it. But people like Tom, who have done years and years of really solid, um, you know, research and and uh, put himself out there, and I got I have to have respect for those guys, and 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 I look up to them in a lot of ways. I, though I may disagree with certain aspects, uh, sure. that I appreciate people like that, like Tom, because he is open and he's never closed-minded, and he doesn't slam people that are say you know uh coming from a different aspect or a different belief you know he 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 sure. works right alongside those people and kudos to him i got a lot of respect for him well very cool well i see that uh the host hostess with the mostest or the hostess with the most, <laughs> not hostess so sorry guy is uh is online let's get him in the discussion yeah if my can you works. hear me we can hear you Oh, Hello, wow. Mr. Hey. Guy Edwards. How are you? Thank you so much. You're you're a myth, Gunner, but uh, Shane did a great job on the panel. We got lots of great feedback on uh, Shane's contribution, which I extremely appreciate. <laughs> I knew I knew that he would. So, um, how? What'd you think of the program, the presentation? Barb, I hear Bar from all uh, feedback I've gotten. Barb did a, a really great job. So. She did do a great job. You know, you know, uh, you know uh, Barbara kept on changing her presentation to the very last minute, and I think what she what what, what she finally ended up doing was was perfect. Um, she kind of uh, spent a little bit more time talking about her background, which I think is very important too, so we know where she's coming from. And uh, the feedback that I got from you know all the people, you know, we had we had another filled room at Hopsquatch, and. Uh, I think everybody thought that you know this was a little bit different than someone just complaining about uh, what needs to be you know what would, they would like to be different in Bigfoot research. 
she actually has some uh, solutions, and I, I think it was great. And uh, I was listening to Shane earlier, and I think uh, a lot of that has to do also with uh, Jason's contribution, Jason Aiken, um, uh, as well. And I think that, you know, the thing that blew me away is, um, is I, I, I think I can say officially I've been in this you know, community for seven or eight years, and, uh, and when I talk to people who have been in, into it since 1960, you know, you hear the same complaints, the same frustrations, and then to all of a sudden for Barbara to kind of come in and say, well, you know, yes, I have the same frustrations, but maybe this is a solution, I think it was a great contribution. And I think uh, she did a great job kind of uh, letting us know, you know, how we can all, you know, share information a little bit better, you know. That's funny because that's, I've heard that discussion uh, in the last couple of years seems to have picked up even I know it's been around forever, but there was um, there was a lot of competition. It seemed like in the the olden days that that uh, the people the the main people in in bigfooting at the time seemed to not not get along or 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 and there was some crossover I think between you know certain individuals, but there was definitely some strong lines drawn as. Uh, my stuff is my, and that still exists. Like you say, it still exists today. Um, no, I think, you I know, think some, some of the, well, some of the best stories that, you know, I've, I've, when you talk to these old timers that were, you know, doing Bigfoot research with the original four horsemen, you know, Green, DeHinden, uh, Byrne, and Krantz, is you hear about fist fights behind the McDonald's parking lot. <laughs> so. <laughs> And tell you if, if you ever get a chance to talk to somebody who knows a little bit about that story, I don't feel like I was close enough to that story to share it. But um, but yeah, that's exactly what happened, you know. And and around certain debates about you know whether or not Bigfoot's an animal, whether or not Bigfoot's uh, uh, more human-like, and um, uh, some of the other uh, debates are you know whether or not um, we should kill or no kill. You know, these when did these, the, uh... these kind. Of, I was going to say one of the one of the things that Barbara had discussed was that she 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 is uh, she finds herself to be a problem solver. If there was a position held out there to be paid, she would be on that as far as a problem solver. That'd be her her thing. And uh, I think it's important to recognize that there is a problem, and how do you solve it? And she she uh, kind of laid out the some groundwork and a foundation as to uh, a, a possible way to help solve this uh, dysfunctional uh, you know, <laughs> subject, you know, and I, I thought she did really, really well. And I think she's right. There, There is a problem to be solved here, but it, it's a problem that can be solved. Um, it just takes effort and, 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 and collaboration. Do you agree with that guy? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I agree with that. And I think, you know, you know, and I think the other important part is it's okay if, you know, even if 80% of the Bigfoot researcher world uh, doesn't adopt it or, or embrace it, I think that's fine. But as long as there's some people doing this stuff, and I think there's, you know, like uh, kind of research that Zilmic group is doing, the stuff that, that, uh, that Gunner and you are doing, you know, you guys are kind of already, you know, laying down the pathway of doing these processes already and it just hasn't been, you know, necessarily defined. And I think that's what Barbara was able to do is define this process and, like, um, and uh, encourage this contribution of Bigfoot research and documentation. So even though there might be a few pockets that are already doing this, 
I love the idea that Barbara brought to the table as well. If there are some people that are already practicing this, how do we define it? What are we doing that's correct that's going to actually, you know, propel um, Bigfoot research into the future? And I think, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that I said today was, was when I finally saw that she kind of had a pathway to uh, to kind of um, have greater contribution, have more sharing, and kind of have this, you know, Bigfoot big ethics as far as sharing more data and respecting each other more. Um, everybody wants that, but nobody has really created a pathway or, or a definition to how to accomplish that. And I, I think what Barbara has done is, is amazing as far as, uh, as that aspect of the whole thing. On that, I, I uh, totally agree. I, I, I know that, you know, our, and, and I'm sure there are some groups that are working together because one of the things that uh, I, I really like about um, one of our, our team members, Larry, is that he, he is a great networker. I mean, um, uh, we went as a group, a bunch of us, it's been about a year ago that we went up to the Olympic Project and made, you know, Shane was already a member of the Olympic Project and, uh, and Larry made a strong connection. They, you know, with his, basically his counterpart, David Ellis. David does, you know, has a, a audio uh, background and has, has spent tons of hours, uh, you know, listening to audio and and uh, and Larry. And now, I mean, it's, they made an instant connection. Have shared data. Um, I know that Larry and and uh, Sarah Brown have shared information and it's interesting you know and, and some other groups bigfoot ops you know uh make mm -hmm. and bigfootology and when uh it's fascinating is in in that just in that small amount of time and and with a limited amount of of sharing of data is how much uh continuity there was between different locations that things that we were you know and it, all these groups working in isolation everybody starts from scratch <laughs> And we're not, and we're not, and like every everything seems new, and and you're questioning what you're hearing or your data, because you have nothing to compare it to, which is ridiculous when there's you know all these groups out there, and we're having similar experiences, we're collecting similar data. It just, um, it's, I, I can't agree with Barbara Moore that this is something that's really important is the, the sharing of information. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's exactly why I kind of wanted to make sure that Tom Powell was part of the, uh, you know, the panel afterwards. Is 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 to me, it's amazing how much um, five years or ten years makes a difference. And Tom's been doing this for almost two decades. Yeah. And I, and I really wanted to make sure that we had his perspective as far as well. I'm sure he's heard this stuff before. I'm sure right. that, you know, when when he hears, like, you know, people are doing some kind of, you know, audio research or camera research or something like that, that I honestly believe that Tom Powell has, you know, been there, done that in a sense. And uh, the that he thought this was encouraging, I think, was also great. But, you know, um, I, I think I heard Shane earlier saying that, you know, we may not all kind of have the same theory about what Bigfoot is, what Bigfoot behavior is, or, or even... Um, the whole concept of, of what Bigfoot might be, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, if we don't have to kind of reinvent the wheel, like you're saying, Gunnar, I, I think makes all the difference. You know, otherwise um, uh, we may not make progress because everybody new kind of starts all over. So I'm looking forward to maybe, you know, a new era in Bigfoot research where nobody has to be attached to 
um, the one guy that found Bigfoot, but we all make a contribution to it, and we can have everybody's name attached to it, and nobody has to be on top of the list because we're more concerned about the truth about Bigfoot, not so much being attached to who discovered the truth. So you're saying right. throw the throw the egos aside? Well, if that's the case, I'm out because I'm all about the ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all about me, baby. No. Yeah. No, I, well, if, there, if there's somebody in Bigfooting that I've met that is less about ego, it's it's got to be Shane. I mean, you, you're all about research. And, I mean, it, I mean that's um, humil. It's it's nice to work with a group that where there's a lot of humility. Everybody you know wants to work together, and it it uh, it it does exist out there. I mean, there's there's always going to be conflict. You're you know, when you're working closely with people and you don't don't agree, you know, you're not going to agree 100% on everything, and and things are going to get taken out of context. But that, if if you can agree to disagree on stuff, and that's that's just like, I mean, I I I respect Tom's long time in in big footing, and mm-hmm. there's something, you know, and I I have I have other people that I've I've had association with him. Almost every person that I ran into that that uh, is now um, believes that there's um, they have attributes that are not explained by current science. Started out as an aper, they, it's it's uh, interesting. So, yeah, Shane, are you, you flushing know, the toilet? No, <laughs> oh, sorry, that far must, from that, it. That must have been, that must have been you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but no, you know, I like to work with all. Uh, I like to work with MacGyvers. You know, I work with a lot of MacGyvers, a lot of people that, <laughs> but not solo individuals, you know, it's it's a group effort. So it's a bunch of MacGyvers coming out there and working together, problem solving, you know. Uh, Tom Powell is fantastic. Uh, Joe Bielhardt is another guy I look up to. Um, Cliff Brackman, you know, uh, another guy I look up to. Um, there's so many people out there that um, I look up to that I can take a lot from. I may not always agree with them, and they probably don't agree with me all the time, but there's um, a certain amount of respect there, knowing that you have an, this passion, and uh, you can disagree on goals, but you can agree on passion and uh, and the work you're doing, because it all adds up to something. Either people are ruling out something or, or bringing something new to the table. We're not at a stalemate. I don't think the Bigfoot community or, or, the, or this subject's at a stalemate. I don't think – I think there's lots of new stuff being presented all the time um, with with technology and ideas and new people entering this field, it's phenomenal. I think we're moving forward. Uh, I don't I don't have an issue uh, as far as it being like a stalemate or uh, we're rehashing stuff. Yeah, sometimes we do rehash stuff, but that's important. Sometimes you do have to rehash stuff. But I think um, if you can look at use technology, uh, new ideas, and and look at people outside of uh without bias add them into it uh it's it's man it's so much fun and it's just it's energizing it's just uh collaboration can be phenomenal it's just getting past um this oh it's all about me or 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 you know oh, don't look at my research uh, or i'm not sharing you know it's important to share a lot of stuff can be learned from each other um whether you agree with people or not uh, yeah. There's, you know, you see a lot of that. I, I call it my big footing's better than your than your big footing. Where people <laughs> put it, 
And I and I I always have to say, well, that's complete bullshit because if if uh, that was the case, we wouldn't be still discussing whether or not they exist. If if you know somebody has is the be all end all um, of Bigfoot research, and so we all have something to contribute, and everybody has you know we can learn from each other, and it's building a uh, a knowledge base, not just an evidence base, but a knowledge base of what do we know, you know, and going back. And by sharing information and coming together, and and uh, we we can learn. I, I I know that accelerated our learning curve in in our group having contact with groups outside of our own. So, um, and uh, Guy is a big facilitator in the, in in the Oregon area of, of make allowing people to make connections with each other of different disciplines. So if you guys worldwide. I appreciate that. But we have the advantage well, of, him, of having him in our area. So, well, you know, one of the things I, I, and I might have mentioned this before is, is uh, the odd thing is, is I feel like Bigfoot is in our backyard. You know, is in the Pacific Northwest, which also includes you know Northern California. And then when I would see that you know people in Texas or Oklahoma or Ohio. Um, were more organized as a as a you know uh, community more than us in the Pacific Northwest. That just bothered me. And uh, so one of the things that I that I'm that I'm trying to do, and I think I've I've come close to, is making sure that you know um, all of us like-minded you know researchers here in the Northwest, from uh, the Olympic Peninsula all the way down uh, to Bluff Creek, are you know are are able to kind of get together at least once a month or you know share information. And so. Um, I think, you know, after doing this for almost, you know, this is our third year of uh, doing hot squatch, um, I think that, you know, we can become a stronger and, and a better group, especially since uh, it makes more sense that, you know, Bigfoot is everywhere. I think that, you know, that, that you can't deny that. But I think that, you know, Bigfoot really is, you know, and higher concentration in our backyard. And we have more of a history in the Pacific Northwest. And so I love the idea that I think now we're getting close to the point where maybe the Bigfooters all in the Pacific Northwest are a little bit more organized, a little bit more networked together. And, uh, you know, I, I hope to, I, you know, I love to think that maybe Hopsquatch, you know, contributed to that. Well, I know I, I, I can tell you firsthand that Hopsquatch has contributed to our group because that's how we made the connection with Shane and um, Cindy uh, Cadell met Shane, invited him up to the area, and and he became a, a key member of of our research group. So um, I know I've said it before, but I, you know you're you are instrumental in making those those connections. You provide a, an opportunity on a regular. You know, it's it's one thing to have a yearly convention or something where you meet people, at, but have to have an opportunity once a month to to uh, go and and meet people that. That uh, I mean, that's how I met Cliff was through Hosquat. It's a great, great event. If um, if you live nearby, great, and you can make it. I I highly suggest it. If you uh, are coming into the area or or make any, you know, I I would uh, if you're having your vacation, I would plan my vacation around Hosquat if you could. So come yeah. come on up. Guy, we'll have guy, a lot I of have fun a for you. <laughs> Are you going to ever live stream these events? Because I think, or at least uh, make them available to the general public down the road. Because I know I've a lot of people have contacted me asking me, you know, how can I 
you know, I, I live in Maine or I live in Florida, and I, I can't I can't get out there. How can uh, other people um, interested in hopscotch and these events? They're they're great events. How can they how can they partake in them? Other than you know, you, you have the Bigfoot Lunch Club, you know, uh, Facebook site and and dot com, you know, website. How can people partake in this? Are you gonna you got anything plans down the road for something like this? Yeah, actually, you know, it's a good timing on that question too. It, uh-huh. it was, uh, we actually had a videographer that uh, used to do uh, video for um, um, uh, for the military, and uh, he um, actually does video up here in Portland. And so he's uh, actually a video. T- this is going to be the first one that's videotaped. It's actually going to be available on uh, locally on cable access. But we will, after he edits it, we will start broadcasting all these. Not directly after Hopsquatch, but we will uh, we will make an announcement on Hopsquatch.com. That's Hopsquatch with two S's um, uh, to let everybody know uh, where we can actually uh, put them on YouTube, and we're going to try to edit them down to an hour, hour and a half. So even if you can't make it to Portland, Oregon, uh, you'll get the next closest thing to feeling like you're being there. So this is actually the first one where I, you know we've. We've actually videotaped all the hop swatches, but I never felt like um, they were presentable. And maybe we'll, uh, well, after we get this first one out that I think is a little bit polished, then we can, then we can actually share some of the other hop swatches that we've done. Um, but uh, moving forward, all these are going to be videotaped, and they're actually going to be um, uh, the the uh, production quality is going to be very good. Where we'll actually have uh, two cameras, one on the speaker, one on their actually PowerPoint presentation. And uh, we're also so uh, so. Please uh, stand by on uh, and stay tuned for hopsquatch.com, where we're actually going to embed these videos on YouTube, and we do have a hopsquatch uh, YouTube channel where we're going to share these. So uh, I appreciate you asking, Shane. These these are going to be broadcast uh, very soon. We'll probably have the first one up in a couple of weeks. Excellent. Do I get any royalties? (laughs) Because I was part of the 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 filmed uh, hopsquatch. Yeah, yeah. Gunner could have made it too. He could have been part of Bigfoot history, but you know. I yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Gunner. Feel, hey, you know what? That's it's the way it was supposed to happen. I have a I have a face <laughs> for radio. So, but that's really no, well, that is I, exciting. I wouldn't say that. I would. I wouldn't say that, Gunner. I mean, no one. I, if I anybody has seen that. how? Yeah, your your silver goatee, very hot, very hot. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's exciting news because I mean you know it's. I, I try to make them all, but I, like today, I wasn't able to make it, and I. Um, it's funny because it's like that's that's a high point of the month is to get, you know, get to go to Hot Squatch and um, and uh, to miss it. It'd be great. It's great that there's going to be an opportunity to catch the the presentations because there is. I mean, there's been some outstanding presenters. I know you know you've had Cliff, you've had Tom, um, Joe Bielard. I mean, there's um, Mark Mars. Marcellus, Marcel, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that, and and there's, um, you know, I know that Mark is not out there uh, doing a lot of presenting, but his his presentation for uh, rediscovering, yeah, for Ape Canyon, Canyon is yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that if one of my favorites that, that kicked ass. So yeah, it was one of my oh, favorites yeah, big too. Time. Yeah, so, and yeah, the general yeah. public would love to see this. I mean, that presentation mm-hmm. by Mark Marcel. And 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 whatnot, uh, and having you know Cliff there and whatnot, uh, it was just it was it was awesome. I, I one of the highlights of Hopscotch for me was attending that event. Um, 
because Mark is a great presenter and and he really brought it, you know, to the table. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, well, one I mean, of my favorites I, yeah. was too was, I mean, one of my favorites was Cliff's foot foot uh, print uh, presentation yeah. too. It's like there's uh, there were some aha moments in that for me that like wow, I didn't you know realize the the flexibility that we're talking about in a uh, the foot, which makes sense if when you, but yeah, those, that those that information would be uh, that's going to be awesome that people can get to that, you know, if they get. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that, that that you know you guys mentioned, you know, two of my favorite hopscotches this year. You know, one uh, not only the cliffs, you know, uh, I mean, even though you know Dr. Meldrum has talked about the, the anatomy of the foot for a long time, I think Cliff really kind of like uh, expanded on it and, and made it so. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about the flexibility of the foot, what the, what the mid tarsal really means, and and uh, also you know, the kind of three dimensional different uh, twisting that a a big foot foot can do. When you see that, the other thing I liked about Cliffs is uh, is he kind of made a great argument for there may be fewer big foots than we thought, and a lot of these mm-hmm. footprints that we have, including the footprints, uh, the cast prints that are in Dr. Meldrum's uh, uh, library and also in Cliff's own library, is some of these may be the same individuals, and I think he made a great argument for that. And then when you're talking about Mark Marcel, I think, you know, th- these are the things that you can't get online unless no. you actually come to a Hopsquatch event or watch a video of Hopsquatch, is uh, what he was able to do as far as, you know, well, this is a guy who's not necessarily into Bigfoot, but everywhere he goes, he's very focused on, on uh, the Ape Canyon thing. So if he goes to another city, if he's ever in another city, he goes straight to the library and checks out their microfish to see if there's any type of local newspaper um, article on the Ape Canyon event, which was a big enough event that kind of like reached all the way across the nation. So um, the fact that he was able to share some of these Ape Canyon stories from other locations was, was very great, you know. Well, and the fact that you, I mean, that you were able to get him as a presenter at Hopsquatch speaks to to uh, your influence in the Bigfoot world. You know, you 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 get you get some big names and some people with them, it, and it's great the uh, opportunity to have more. You know, it's it's educational, like Barb's mm-hmm. presentation today, addressing addressing an issue that uh, has persisted in the Bigfoot plague community for. Um, and dominated the the Bigfoot community in a lot of ways, and and does put the brakes on research and and um, it's the content and, and then too. It gives, the content right. is is phenomenal. Right, right, so, right. If you guys don't mind me plugging about two of the ones that I'm really excited about this year, um, next month is going to be Larry Lund, and uh, you can you can Google Larry Lund, but he's not on Facebook, he's not on any of these forums. He uh, doesn't comment on, on this Bigfoot stuff. But in the 1990s, Larry Lund was the go-to guy when it came to media. So he was on, on uh, Unexplained Mysteries. He was also um, uh, on Jay Leno. When they want, when they needed a Bigfoot guy on Jay Leno, he was the guy that, they, that he called, that they called. And uh, he hasn't done any Bigfoot presentations in almost four years. And that's because uh, he, he, you know, kind of wants to stay under the radar. I had to have breakfast with him, you know, um, at least once a month for a whole year before I could convince him to come to Hopsquatch. And he's <laughs> done research with all the major four horsemen. So he's done research with the Hinden, Green, Krantz, and Byrne. He's actually, you know, been out in the field with these guys. 
So um, this is the next best thing to actually finding out what it was like to do research with the Four Horsemen's, uh, the original Four Horsemen of uh, Bigfootology. Um, and then in September, uh, Robert Michael Pyle, who's a Yale graduate, uh, probably the uh, biggest guy in butterfly research, but he's also a biologist. So he comes with his, uh, a lot of respect from academia, and he's written a book called The Dark Divide, which is uh, um, about the area between Mount St. Helens and Mount Adams. And uh, he's going to be talking in September. And these are two guys that I've been trying to get for uh, the last three years. And I'm extremely excited that uh, I'm going to be able to bring them to Hopsquatch because these guys are not guys that you are able to find online. You can't just Google these guys and find out what they're thinking or find out what their latest ideas about Bigfoot research, even though they put you know decades of research into this uh, phenomenon that we're all interested in. So um, if you guys can't make it to Portland, we'll definitely be broadcasting uh, Larry Lund's uh, presentation in April and uh, uh, Robert Michael Pyle in September. Fantastic. So did you say they're gonna, it's going to be on public bo- uh, broadcast or besides putting it up on YouTube? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, it's so funny because, you know, people who are part of uh, – that are in the cable access industry don't like that term, so they call it uh, um, community media. But if you guys are, uh, if you guys get Comcast or um, uh, you guys will be uh, locally here in uh, in Portland or the Portland metro area, it will be uh, broadcast on Comcast uh, starting with this one today. So uh, so you can uh, basically just dial in the channel 323, I think it is. Um, I'll have more information. And uh, so you'll be able to watch this directly on cable from your home if you happen to be in the Portland area. Well, hot That's damn, awesome. guy! You are you are <laughs> you are doing some amazing stuff, my friend. <laughs> you're, 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 I appreciate that. No, I'm serious. Uh, it's an, it, it really truly is an honor to know you, guy, and 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 to be involved with some of the stuff you're doing and and to uh, attend these the hopscotch events because I know what it takes to do a podcast or a blog talk radio show. I can only imagine the amount of work that goes into creating a hop squatch, a live event. Um, and the, the thing, the really cool thing about hop squatch is that it's living and breathing. It's constantly changing and you're looking at new avenues and stuff. And you're really bringing some, I mean, I'm just proud to be a, a, anywhere near the hop squatch events and you, because you're really uh, changing uh, Bigfoot in general, as far as the approach to getting it out there and getting people involved and, and listening and stuff, it's really it's awesome, man. I'm I'm stoked. Thanks, I, I appreciate I have that. Yet, yet to, I have yet to see a fist fight behind um, the Lucky Lab where we have the event. So. Well, you got to go to McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Big, it's called the Big Mac. Yeah. Now today, today, today still, it would be behind Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fist of cuffs. Yeah, I'm. I'm still working on that, Gunner. You know, if, if I if I can recreate that, you know, what I, I think what I need to do is give them like a a kill no kill debate because that seems to be the most like uh, sensitive <laughs> topic out there. And if I can get somebody to, you know, if I can get somebody that's that severely, you know, no kill, I mean, I I, I think that would be uh, easy to do. You know, and then I could get somebody who's you know willing to get a Bigfoot specimen, you know. <laughs> Uh, then we might have that, you know. So, that is, yeah, that is probably I, one of the right. most contentious, yeah. 
And trust me, I will have that camera ready, you know, and we will we will document because because the uh, the previous one that happened almost you know forty years ago, I wish I had a camera for that, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, well, this and, is I, and I now you're talking pay per view. You're right. <laughs> so well, you know, I don't um, I don't know, you know, I think I think a lot of people care about Bigfoot research, and I understand that too, but um, I hope. Um, I hope it comes across that I care about the community. I care about everybody in the community. And uh, this is kind of, you know, Hopsquatch is, is, is out of that. Like, I, I uh, you know, I, I, I work really hard to, to you know, get along and be sympathetic and understand everybody's perspective. But I care so much about all of us being able to get along and get closer to what we're all curious about, Right. And so I think that, you know, when I, when, um, I think there's a lot of people that are, you know, movers and shakers in the Bigfoot world, but um, uh, one of the things that is most important to me besides the research itself is the community that we're all kind of involved with. I think that um, I appreciate that everybody's curious about Bigfoot, and I really, you know, care about everybody that's, that's, uh, that has the same curiosity as me. And uh, one of the biggest things that I want Hopsquatch to do is to kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, represent how much I care about, you know, the research in the community and the contribution that everybody has made. And, that, and uh, uh, at the end of the day, after we do this every third Sunday, um, I really hope that comes across. Well, I have a question from uh, from Larry. He's asking, <clears throat> excuse me, if if uh, if a hot squatch is going to be on, on a, if he'll be able to watch it on DirecTV. That, I didn't hear you say that that was one of the the options. No, it will not be on. Uh, not that I know of Directv, but you know that's that's yes. also always right. That's always also um, uh, also an option. You know, besides Hopsquatch, I'm going to start doing kind of a, um, a Bigfoot interview TV show using the studio here locally. Locally, um, uh, Metro East is our our local community media center. And they have the best facility um, east of the Mississippi, and so they have a they have two studios, a really nice uh, you know three studio cameras, a really nice uh, uh, control room, and so just they have a, the ability to do quality TV shows, just as high as quality as what you would see on you know uh, the Daily Show with John Stewart or even yeah. any of these talk uh, Sunday radio shows. So uh, that might be something that we would able we'd be able to kind of repackage and to sell to uh, uh, DirecTV or Netflix and have them distribute it as well. And uh, I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibilities. I think that we just kind of have to you know um, uh, get our feet wet, you know, make some mistakes and then and polish it and refine it. And uh, but I promise you guys, like one of the things about Hot Squatch is there's been some other uh, Bigfoot get-togethers, you know, locally and in uh, different places, but they would be talking through a boom box or you'd be, they'd be competing with dishes that are being cleaned in, in, in the diner. And and so one of the things I'm trying to do is, is kind of um, up, upgrade the, the production value of these things and kind of uh, make them a little bit more professional and polished. And so, um, so yes, they're not on DirecTV yet, but I promise you guys that these are going to be a higher quality value that, that we're going to be able to share with everybody. And anybody with an Internet connection will be able to have access to these uh, through YouTube. And uh, 
hopefully you guys will will be impressed with uh, the level of uh, professionalism that we've that I've brought to these kind of uh, get-togethers. Well, I asked you yeah. early early on when I started coming if you were because I knew you were filming them if you were going to you know um, if they if you were gonna and 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 your concern was that what was the quality of the video wasn't as where you want it to be. So now you've got an opportunity to uh, you get professional quality videos. So um, I know from talking to you that, that that's something that was a concern of yours. And so I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's, I, I'm comfortable that it's going to be kick-ass. So, um, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's a, I don't ever want to get too comfortable and rest on my laurels. I want to keep on, you know, raising the bar for Hopsquatch and, uh, and I, you know, I, I'd be happy if, you know, it inspires other people in different localities. You know, if it helps people from Texas or Ohio um, uh, to get more excited about, you know, having their own local stuff, I mean, then I, I would feel like I, I've, I've accomplished more than I could have hoped for because I think that, you know, the ability for us to get together, communicate more, I think, uh, you know, um, let's take advantage of the technology that we have today in order to build up this community because, you know, whether you're paranormal or whether you're an aper or whatever, you know, we, as far as the rest of the world is concerned, we're kind of already on the fringe. So there's no reason for us to, to, uh, to have infighting or backstabbing because, you know, we're already kind of, you know, considered, you know, on the margin of what is normal for most people. So I think, you know, that should be something that kind of rallies all of us together is like, you know, everybody else thinks we're wasting our time. I don't care if if, uh, if you think that Bigfoot can uh, teleport or has eye shine or whatever like that. The key is right. is that there's there's no doubt that we all share this curiosity for what is Bigfoot. What it you know, how can we get closer to understanding or um, getting closer to the truth of Bigfoot? And we're already on the fringe, so we might as well be holding hands and. Uh, and uh, sharing information. Exactly. I mean, there's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I have friends that, you know, are, I, I am, I don't believe in, in uh, going out with the purpose of harvesting a specimen. Um, I'm of the belief that, that the only way that we solve this mystery for 100% certainty is uh, a specimen alive or dead or a long-term research project um, where things are, you know, you have corroborating evidence and, and you've got DNA evidence and you've got video and you've got, you know, uh, uh, all kind. you found footprints. I mean, that that's the, the long way. It's kind of like what the Falcon Project is attempting to do, is going out and, and spending a long time in the woods with, with technology. And, and uh, um, I don't, you know, so that uh, yeah. I hear a lot of, you know, I hear the naysayers, Going after the Falcon project, so you know, kudos to them for for uh, uh, being committed, getting pulling this off. Because uh, the armchair people that are sitting and you know throwing stones is like, well, then then go get you, you have a better way to do it. Then go do it. That's great. I mean, it, it I think it'd be better. It'd be great if there was you know multiple projects going on. But all these things yeah. are self funded. It's one of the big limiting factors of Bigfoot research is. This is people that, you know, have day jobs. So one of the exciting yeah, this, things about the Falcon Project is is this there's some financial support that's allowing this to happen. 
That, that, that's a great point, Gunnar, because, you know, one of the things that Tom Powell brought up in the panel today is, uh, you know, he's, you know, even though um, he's loud and proud and wears his paranormal bra- badge, and he doesn't <laughs> yeah. even shy away from that, that term, um, is he says, you know, the, the issues with science and Bigfoot is the money and the time. And so, you know, th- that's one of the things that, you know, he's all for science, but, you know, him as an individual investigator does not have the time or the money to be able to do a full-on, you know, scientific, you know, um, um, approach to it. And then also, you know, one of the other things that, that I want to uh, mention is, as Shane says my three favorite words about Bigfoot research, he said, Jane Goodall approach. And those are my three mm-hmm. favorite words about Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I think we're all excited about, you know, the Falcon Project, but I think that, you know, the, you know, before we spend $400,000 on technology, we could spend a lot less by just getting someone to do the Jane Goodall approach um, to, you know, having someone go out in the field, stay in the same place, you know, uh, for a good amount of time. And actually, you know, and, I, and I'm a big proponent for the Jane Goodall approach as well. I, I love those three mm-hmm. words together because that's something that doesn't cost as much. And I think it's, an, uh, in my opinion, could be more effective. You know, I think, uh, you know, um, one of the things when I first got into Bigfoot research is I realized that, you know, what most Bigfooters are doing, even the guys who have been, you know, are veterans and been doing it for a long time is, is I always felt like they were chasing Bigfoot. You know, they're like, okay, you get a report, you investigate you the report. It. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, you know, well, that's, that's chasing Bigfoot. That's a, right. And that's one of the things that, that uh, became unique about, well, the Olympic project for one, but also our project, the Tillamook Forest Research Group, is normally that, that would have been an anecdotal story. I mean, it would have been a report. It would have been investigated by, by a, a member of the BFRO, and that would have been it. But there was an individual who, who uh, has a little bit of a, maybe a little of an OCD, not in, not in a bad way, but went, continued and went up there for, you know, kept going up to the same location for over a year and, and had more experiences and uh, without, you know, and that was Larry Turner who, who, uh, continued going up there religiously for uh, about a, you know, it was a good year before I met Larry and, uh, um, and then we've, it, it morphed into this, this group that, that uh, has found an area where there seems to be some, a lot of unexplained activity that, that, uh, that we've put together a good group of people. So uh, it's, that's kind of exciting where, where as opposed to, and I, I, I was a, a member of the BFRO for a long time and an investigative reports and, and, and there's value in anecdotal story, you know, anecdotal accounts because of history, but, but the likelihood of, of going someplace that where, where an event took place six months ago and having something happen right then again is, yeah. is a slim. So, well, here's the thing for me. Um, if I'm going to compare it to golfing, this isn't a hole-in-one sort of uh, sport, you know, or, or thing. Okay, this is a par five. In fact, it's probably a par 20. Okay, it's going to take uh, long shots and putts um, to to get to where we want to be. 
And uh, there's not going to be that. I don't believe there's going to be that hole in one um, anytime soon. I think it's going to be uh, tedious and um, calculating and a, a collaboration. That's just my my, my idea. Um, unless somebody brings a specimen, a body to the table, which hasn't been done yet, uh, people can argue that point. But I haven't seen the evidence for it. But it's it's going to be a long process, you know, and and. Uh, Practice, practice, practice. Uh, we will get there, but it's going to take collaboration and and um, and, and and like Tom was talk, talking about tonight, or this uh, earlier today about the at the hop squash was about patterns and and um, not analysis uh, exactly, but it, it's going to take patterns. Uh, that's what we're studying now. You know, he, we had a little bit difference on on data. And its collection and whatnot, but it is does, it is about patterns for me and for a good majority of people, and uh, that's important. And it's like I said, uh, it's not going to be this hole in one discovery. I don't think. Well, not unless somebody gets really really lucky. I mean, I know there's groups and individuals that are out there trying to harvest a specimen, and and that could I mean it could happen. Um, it hasn't happened in the last you know. 200 years of, or 50 years of Bigfoot research where people have been out um, hunting for them or chasing them, as Guy is aptly puts it. Um, it, it could happen, um, I, and it's not, it's not our approach. Um, I, so it, but like, Shane, like you say, Shane, I mean, I, I'm looking, you know, I've um, recently been looking at, like, what are some approaches that could um, entice interaction you know, um, give us a better chance of of uh, uh, getting photographic evidence because a lot of what what we our experiences in our group in our area have been um, audio in nature, and and uh, which is great. You can you know you can compare um, known animals. You can uh, in talking to Retman uh, when we were out in the field last week was talking about ex- exclusive evidence versus inclusive evidence. And we have right. a lot of exclusive evidence that we know that mm-hmm. it's not this. And no, we not. I think until we start, I, I'd like to get more corroborating evidence in a single piece of, of audio. So how do we go about, you know, what is the next step to, to make that uh, increase the likelihood or increase our chances? Now it's, now we're talking about experimentation of, of different uh, techniques. So, and that that right. I think is valuable of, of communicating with other groups as well. So I agree, Gunnar. And when the Bigfoots give me the green light to share that stuff with you, I promise <laughs> you I will share it with you. But I'm I'm still waiting for them to give me permission. Uh, you know, the the one of the things that that I I I also want to express is you know one one of the things that you know uh, Barbara, Jason, and River, and uh, uh, who all are kind of you know. Collaborated to uh, on this committee to talk about what they shared today is you know Bigfoot protocols, Bigfoot ethics, and all this other stuff. And uh, I think it's also you know one of the things that I you know felt like it was important to share with them is you know not everybody is interested in you know and it's okay that not everybody's interested in creating some kind of empirical evidence or sharing data and stuff like that. You know. I know that some of the, um, you know, um, I would say that, you know, people like Tom or Cliff Berkman, to a certain sense, 
do what I call Bigfoot fishing. You know, they go out there, they throw out a line. If something happens, great. If not, they had a great di- great time camping. You know, and so I think that you know, even though I think it's important if we want to get closer to um, having some kind of evidence for you know Bigfoot research. I know also that there's going to be a large group that is uh, that is just going to do what I call Bigfoot fishing, which is which I think you know um, you're never going to get that crowd you know into this part, and I think that you know people who have been into the Bigfoot research for you know more than five years, you know they for whatever reason become disinterested in contributing. And I think you know that's fine. I, I think you know. Um, you know, I wish we could clone people like Shane, who, who kind of has this kind of enthusiasm that I think will never kind of really dissipate or or weaken. Because um, I know that you know when I hear about what Shane's doing and and what the Tillmakers do, group is doing and what uh, Gunner is doing, you know, to me this is invigorating because I think that you know there are people in there out there that are still interested in doing you know, some kind of a research that will get us closer and also kind of like, um, hopefully, I think it's important to kind of get academia interested. And I, yeah, and I think it's, I mean, it's, I, I'm fine with people wanting, you know, that don't, aren't interested in proving or, or wanting to have the Bigfoot experience, as you say, Bigfoot fishing. That's a good, that's a great uh, analysis. So, uh, but uh, our, you know, our group, is interested in collecting data and analyzing data and and uh I know that you know the Olympic project is all about creating following patterns and and creating uh predictability for the, with with the idea of you know the, of of uh, verifying uh, an unknown species um I'm actually in the process of uh, communicating with uh tr- trying to get a a primatologist to come and talk on Monster X um I don't know yet they'll be interested in, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll be interested in the topic or they'll, or they'll laugh about it. But I think that's, uh, I, I like the idea of having um, some people that have disciplines outside of big footing and that will hold mm-hmm. us accountable to, to what we're doing. Um, so. Hey, Gunnar, um, do, you, uh, do you want to take a call? I have a caller waiting. Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, two, six, six, six. <laughs> Do you have a question? <laughs> yeah, this is Cindy. <laughs> hey, Cindy. Cindy Cadell. How's How you it doing? Going? you got to change your phone hey. number. I, yeah. I know. I've had it for a long time. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a question for Guy. Um, well, first of all, I wanted to thank him because he's always doing the hard work of having Hopsquatch, and I know for a while he was, like, wondering if it was worth it, and it's just a lot of work. So I wanted to thank him for that, but... What I really want to know is when is Guy going to start doing karaoke at Hopsquatch? <laughs> <laughs> Next call. Hello, well, Xavier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, Xavier is my stage name in case nobody knows, and that comes with dancing. And that usually takes about four pints of beer before I can get to that stage, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, or three. Uh, let me... <laughs> right. I, well, think, I think everybody is, here has experienced it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys haven't you guys haven't seen someone twerk until you've seen me twerk. I use your I use your uh your uh singing for call blasting. It's epic. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. That's, that's right in. That was that oh. was mean. 
I took this but, in a bad yeah. direction, didn't I? Sorry, sorry. I just had to call <laughs> no, in. <laughs> no, Cindy, I appreciate that because uh, you're right. I mean, you know, I've, I've known Cindy for uh, for a long time, and uh, and you know, there's you know, I I appreciate that because you know, I mean, I, I you know, to me, this is a labor of love, and it does take a lot of work, but it, but it, uh, uh, but you know, hearing the feedback that I get from you guys uh, definitely makes a difference. And uh, you know, even though we may not have karaoke anytime soon, we have changed the format of Hop Squatch a little bit, where um, where I've kind of broken it up into two halves. Where the first half will be the presenter, and the second half is is kind of a moderated panel where we can actually bring in other personalities into it to not only react to what the presenter had to show, but also you know I I I don't want it. Uh, one of the things that I that I uh, want to do is not just have every hop squash be a one man show or one person show. Um, I want to make sure that, uh, that we have, you know, not just pushback, but other opinions. And so, um, the second half of hop squash for the rest of the year, will have other opinions and other people, um, kind of reacting to, you know, so we kind of get that instant feedback of, okay, this person shared their ideas. Um, what does everybody think about it? And uh, I think that's an important part because that that gives us a, that that kind of closes the loop as far as um, uh, not just someone you know projecting what they have to say, but also we have that we have people reacting to it, and we give the person uh, who presented a chance to kind of uh, clarify or expand on anything that they're thinking. But that's, I, I so like that way, idea. So, so you're saying there's I. Though I blew my opportunity to date, you're saying there's a chance. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you know, there's always next month, Gunner. <laughs> so, Cindy, did you have any other questions for Mr. No, Edwards? No, that was or? it. I just wanted I wanted got, to thank Guy for doing that. Thanks, Cindy. I've got a question. Where were you today? I am in Idaho. Oh, really? Yeah, Jared went to um, a bull riding school and actually broke his collarbone. So oh. <laughs> you're supposed to you're supposed yeah. to keep us updated about that. I did not get the the uh, the, the message that yeah, yeah I did not get sorry. the memo. Oh, yeah, man. so I'm that's, sorry to hear I'm that. I'm in a hotel well, room, bored to death, and we'll head back tomorrow. So yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I know he just you know yeah, he just had a birthday, turned thirty. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I know. I'm a cougar. <laughs> uh, Robin, Robin, the yeah. cradle. Yeah, I know. Well, I so anyway, I'm sorry I couldn't be there. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry he had a bad experience. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he says at he least it wasn't a hip. Stuck with big footing. What's that? <laughs> I said, I, said I, at least he, it wasn't a hip because. <laughs> I that great hip, right, right. Yeah, he yeah. said it's a lot safer if he was just a big footer. So he says that yeah, maybe he'll go back to that and bull riding off of his bucket list. <laughs> so. Well, let's hope, uh, or maybe not hope, that a Sasquatch breaks his collarbone. At least there'd be some no, no, yeah, no. <laughs> just get some DNA Nobody while you're that. there, right? That's right. Just <laughs> to pull some hair out. Story too. <laughs> well, I, kudos for him giving it a try anyway. That's. Uh, yep, I agree. That would, Larry well, uh, says he's sorry to hear that too. Yeah, <laughs> guy, we got to get Cindy back as a presenter because I really enjoyed her presentation Absolutely. at Hop Watch mm-hmm. and her approach and her ideas and and some of her, uh, you know, her schooling and whatnot. 
Um, she really was refreshing, and she's a joy to work with, both with the Tillamook Group and the uh, Limit Project. She has a lot to bring to the table. I want I want Cindy back as a presenter. I would love for her to Cindy, have Cindy. Cindy. Uh, one of the I'll, things I'll, I'll think about say, it. Uh, still one of my favorite presentations, and, you know, um, I think, you know, Cindy, along with, you know, some of the things that were echoed today is, you know, kind of like talking about process and talking about, you know, having a little bit more discipline in the documentation of all that stuff. And uh, I think uh, uh, Cindy would probably be one of the first guests that I've ever had at Hopsquatch that actually kind of like broached the subject of, okay, well, you know, there's there's an approach that we can have this where, it's, uh, where we can actually, you know, um, uh, build upon it. So. Mm. So, Cindy, I hope you'll come back, and, and uh, you know, now that you've already done it once, that you'll you'll share with us, you know, any new revelations that you've had. Yeah, sure. Yeah, some. Yeah. <laughs> I, All right, we got her. Down. I think. I, I think last time it was like two hours long, and um, I mean, it literally was four years of me taking notes in college. Like, if something popped up, it's like, oh, that could be related to that. Oh, that you know, so. Um, I had some more material I could have covered, but I mean, it literally wasn't it like two hours, two and a half hours? It was ridiculously I, long. I, I don't know how no, long you, it was, but the time sped by. So it was a good person. It really did. So. It really did. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And I and, and I think you know with with this uh, kind of new format that we're going with, you know, is uh, is going to allow the presenters to be a little bit more concise and, and compact. But I think the important part is to kind of have this back and forth, you know. So, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that we didn't get a chance to do is with your presentation is is to really open it up to everybody to kind of, you know, uh, um, uh, kind of have a conversation with you as opposed to just you kind of doing a one-way, one-directional way to kind of like, you know, everybody just kind of absorbs it. I think uh, one right. of the things that uh, I'm, I want to be able to do is, is – basically build up a conversation now and so that's that's my goal for this year is to make it more conversational and uh, maybe also bring in some other people besides the the you know the title presenter to have some other personalities mm-hmm. to kind of uh um interact with you you know so right and you talked about doing uh kind of like the ted talk format that are really popular they're Pretty brief. I think they're what twenty minutes long, and you just address yeah, an issue yeah, and go yeah. right to it. Yeah, they're sixteen to twenty minutes. Most of them are sixteen minutes long, but I have not got anybody. You know what? I, every time I mention that to one of my presenters, they like, well, I got more than that. You know, and you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but you know, there was a time where we had a presenter go for three hours straight, and I think that was a little bit of of uh, a little bit too much to ask for my for the audience that goes there to, to do. I, I, but was, I would love. I was okay. there for that. I was there for that. I don't, I don't want to go. We get, we have to, <laughs> you actually came out with a hook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it reminded me of the gong show. Right. But I do want, I do want to have a hopscotch to have an annual hopscotch where I'm going to be a little bit more of a, you know, um, uh, enforceful as far as, uh, doing a you know a, a one day event where everybody has a 16 to 20 minute, minute presentation, and I'd be happy to help them kind of like you know visualize their presentation. So I'm going to you know this, part of the whole idea of this was to kind of practice to have an annual event, and I think uh, this annual event will be closer to the TED Talks, 
where, you know, I think 16 to 20 minutes is the reason why they, they, they cut it off at 20 minutes is that is the, you know, kind of the, the, the honey spot as far as where people are engaged, where you can kind of convey something important and, um, and still, you know, without, you know, um, asking too much because, you know, I think someone like Cliff or Tom can definitely hold an audience for three hours, but I want to have something that's a little bit more consistent where everybody has, you know, 16 to 20 minutes of, of really uh, uh, reducing their, their point or their, whatever they're trying to present into that, into that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, 16 to 20 minutes. That sounds like a, a great idea. So, I mean, if we if we could have a whole day where everybody came by, and, you know, we 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 had anywhere from three hundred to five hundred, you know, attendees, and we just basically had you know six people doing their, you know, um, awesome presentation, you know, for sixteen to twenty minutes. I think that would be like half a day for people to, you know, kind of like, oh, we were able to, you know, kind of experience, you know, these five or six great ideas from these different uh, disciplines, and uh, and kind of be able to remember everything that was said by the time they get home. Hey, Guy, I have a question for you. Um, something I was reading in my chat room that kind of sparked my interest or thought process was, have you considered doing sort of a, like a town hall event or something where people can just get up and talk about their, their encounters uh, in general? Have you, have you thought about maybe possibly doing something of that nature? Yeah, you know, that's, that's great. You know, we've actually, since day one, we've had that request, you know, and uh, uh, and so so as you know, for the past three years, we always get you know, um, you know these people that have either had their own encounters and stuff like that to want to share them in a town hall. Um, yeah. The only I haven't done it yet because I haven't figured out you know my I I, I haven't quite um, figured out how to make sure that if I um, have that, even though I know that there's a big interest in that. I want to make sure that I have kind of wrapped up in my own head um, how do we organize that. So, you know, uh, my my biggest concern about having a town hall is having the one guy there that spends, you know, two hours talking about, you know, his Bigfoot encounter that happened, you know, 50 years ago and they're kind of monopolizing everybody else's time. So, yeah, um, I think you can you can work around that, and, and you're, you, you know, with your experience and uh, showmanship and, and ideas, I think – I think it's it'd be a novel. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you limit people uh, to how they present or discuss uh, their mm-hmm. idea or share their story, and you can do that. I think it'd be. I think it, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't take much. You know, you give people a limited amount of time. Um, you know, I mean, I was cut off a few times tonight because I was going to ramble on, but no guy cut me off. Uh, just kidding. Um, no, not not I, at all. I, I but. Think- uh, I think you could do a good job of of hosting it and um, getting every you know enough people in there uh, to discuss an encounter or their encounter or whatnot. I think I don't think it'd be too hard. Right, right, right. Well, I yeah, I don't mind being a moderator and, and you know being uh, thoughtful as far as you know the audience and stuff like that. So uh, you know, Shane, if, if if you think we should do this, then you know that's all I need to hear, and then uh, we could definitely I do think this so, before yeah. the end of the year. We should have yeah, a town I, hall, you know. Well, see, the thing is, uh, between Cryptologic Radio and Monster X Radio, uh, I get contact all the time with encounters, uh, and we have done encounter shows. Uh, but here in the Oregon area, Portland area, there's uh, 
I, I know of at least five individuals that have had encounters, not including myself, but that could share a story and keep it brief and short um, of of their encounter. And it, it, it's uh, some some of these individuals who I've interviewed personally, their stuff's very compelling, and it really uh, is very interesting and, and can add a lot to uh, to the whole thing, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you have a list of people that you think will, would be willing to contribute, and anybody who's listening to the show, if you guys are in the Portland area, you know, we may be able to put a town hall together for May, for sure. Excellent, excellent. That's uh, something cool. I think we should work on. I think it'd be uh, very interesting. I know uh, I can think of two off the top of my head that would share their story, and they would keep it brief. Uh, you know, yeah. I've done this on podcasts. You know, we're limited as the amount of time we have, so. Um, so you know a little bit of regulation and whatnot, but uh, some of some of some of these encounters, anecdotal evidence, you know, as far as reports, are very um, interesting, very interesting, and and uh, you know I I love to hear them, and I know your your audience would love to hear them as well as a whole. Why? Well, yeah, I think as far you know, as, you know any, mm-hmm. go ahead, Gunner. Oh, well, as far as brevity, if you know if people running on, it's you, you just need a little, like, maybe a taser would be good for monitoring behavior, behavior modification. What's that? A taser, you know, electrified. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what you've had long enough. Uh, yeah, so. that always works. You know, we can always do it like that. And then, you know, some of the audience might be too young to remember the gong show, but if we just yeah. got a giant <laughs> gong, right? <laughs> I'm still like, got a married um, to the taser idea, but yeah. I'm I'm not saying uh, not. I'm saying do both. I think we should do okay. both. You know, because you know people seeing that person, you know, kind of convulse along with the sound of the gong. I think that's pure uh-huh. entertainment. That's right. <laughs> but uh, Shane, I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned that because uh, uh, honestly, almost after every one, uh, I I get one person or two people that say, well, you know. Are you ever going to have a kind of a town hall where people can share their stories? And uh, um, and the only thing that I've been you know kind of you know nervous about is is making sure that you know we have enough people you know because uh, yeah on on the other end you know people talking too long the other concern I have is you know do we have enough people to fill that whole hour and I think that you know if we can make sure that you know we promote it correctly I think we could definitely get enough people to uh, talk about their experiences. Um, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that you know maybe some people don't know is I'm actually doing hypno regression on mm-hmm. some witnesses, and uh, even if someone's not you know under hypnosis, and when they talk about their experience, usually there's a point where they're talking about their experience and they don't they're not aware of it. But also they go into present tense, like it starts off with we did this, you know, and everything is past tense, and then as they get closer and closer to the encounter, they're all their verbs. Turn into present tense, like now I'm in, uh, now I, I feel this ha- is happening, or or this is happening right now. You know, and it's like um, even especially with the hypno regression stuff, the hair on the back of my neck just stands straight up when I yeah. hear these people go from all of a sudden they were talking past tense, and now you are right there with them. You are actually experiencing it. You're, you're you're looking over their shoulder. You're hearing what they're seeing. You're smelling what they're smelling right there at the moment, and uh, it happens. It's it's definitely definitive when people go into 
retro hip, uh, uh, regression in hypnosis. But, you know, I've been around enough where I hear people's encounters, and that actually happens even when they're fully conscious and awake, that they'll talk about the story. They always start off in past tense, and then as you get closer and closer to uh, to the encounter, all of a sudden it becomes present tense, and that's when I just get the heebie-jeebies, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, by <laughs> the way, cool. heebie-jeebies is a scientific term. I know it is. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Well, of course it is. You no, know, I think it's a, a fantastic uh, idea. You know, it's it's been done before, but you know, really here in Portland or the Oregon area, I, I'm yet to see a real big town hall sort of um, encounter um, accumulation. You know, I have not seen that, and there's a ton of really great encounters up here uh, that people are. I know quite a few that are willing to share. And some of them are just so riveting, um, you know, and compelling, too, uh, especially if you know some of these people's backgrounds and stuff or, you know, how they came about this encounter. Uh, not involved in Bigfoot at all, but just, bam, there it is. Uh, so I think it would be beneficial, and people would really enjoy this sort of uh, something you haven't done yet as a whole. Uh, I think it would be really, really a, a neat uh, venture. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Shane. So, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Larry Larry Lund is next week, or next month, I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we can talk about it a little bit more offline. But um, but let's work on that for, you know, um, for Maine. And then uh, try and see if we can't get this uh, kind of, uh, you know, town hall style of hodgepodge. And, oh, I love uh, it. You know, and, yeah, and let's work on that, definitely. Um, um, like I said, I, I get lots of people that kind of want to do that format, and, uh, you know, for these things, I'm, you know, um, I don't know if I would call myself a control freak, but I, I care a lot about, <laughs> I care a lot about, about you know, how, how uh, the presentation takes place and how people, you know, receive it. And I think if we, you know, if we, uh, you know, thread the needle correctly, I think it will be, uh, you know, one of the more popular formats for Hopsquatch. So I'm, I'm 100% there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you you do a fantastic job of getting really good um, presenters. Um, it'd be it'd be really nice to just get some of the uh, some of your some of the people that attend the Hop Squatch that are there to hear the presenters uh, tell their their side um, as it as as it happened to them. And there's a lot of people in your audience that have had encounters, um, and perhaps by them sharing them in a public format. You never know where this can unfold. Uh, I, I've been at your Hopsquatch events and heard um, presenters or, or other people in the room talk about their encounter stuff, and it's led me down so many roads and, and really helped me with my research uh, and, and connections. Uh, I think it's important that we hear from some of these people in the audience and, and some of those that maybe don't attend Hopsquatch that maybe want to share their story or encounter. Um, it. it it really can be uh, beneficial, and uh, I know I would I would personally enjoy a, um, a hopscotch event like that, and uh, I'm sure uh, me, uh, I'm not alone there. No, well, Shane, well, you're Gunner, not alone. If, if, if Gunner gives a green light, then I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think it's already been uh, uh, asked and answered. I think it sounds like a great idea. So, and if, nice. you know, you nice. let us know what we. If you need sergeant at arms or you know someone to operate the base, <laughs> I don't think you'll have a lot. I I'm all over it. So 
Yeah, excellent. Of course, we have a professional. You know, if we can get Jared, if he's feeling up to, if he's recovered from his uh, broken collarbone, his bad experience uh, bull riding, maybe he, yeah. I'm sure he knows how to use a taser. <laughs> right, well, he should. <laughs> so. Well, you know, if we're going to have a taser, I want my thumb on that button. <laughs> well, oh, fine. <laughs> so, um, Guy, you have, you, you kind of named it, your two, uh, the foreman, the guest, in the next uh, uh, couple hop squatches, and we're talking about maybe a possible third down the road. What, what else are, uh, what else is going on with hop squatch besides, you know, you're taking a whole new thing this year with the the public broadcasting scenario. Any anybody else that you're seeking out uh, to have with hop squatch, uh, you know, as a presenter? Yeah, well, you know, I've, I've I've got two guys that I can always count on. So Cliff Berkman is probably going to do another one before the end of the year, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really hoping. Uh, Tom Powell, this will be his third year that he's going to do October. Um, so he loves to do, you know, because he's all about the spookiness and the paranormal. So uh, mm-hmm. so he he makes sure that he blocks out October for himself every year. Uh, and uh, I, I'm hoping to bring Joe Bielart back. You know, Joe Bielart has a... Uh, Spoke for Hopscotch twice already, um, uh-huh. and, and uh, but this time he's going to talk about the book that's coming out. And uh, if I could give, do a plug for my friend uh, Joe Bielart, um, Joe Bielart is another guy that's that I would consider. You know, um, I, I, well, let me let me just define what I think of Gunner and Shane and myself. I think we're kind of fourth generation Bigfooters, uh, and you take the four horsemen of, uh, of Bigfooter. Book fitting, and those guys are the first generation. You know, Grants, uh, uh, Prance, and and uh, Burn, and DeHinden, and uh, Green. Uh, but Joe Bielart is part of that Larry Lund uh, generation, where they got to hang out with the original Four Horsemen, uh, but they also kind of paved a new pathway themselves. And uh, and these guys are still around, and they still have breakfast. You know, once a month at the very least. You know, so uh, Joe Bielart has an excellent book called Oregon Bigfoot Highway. Um, I've been able to read it from cover to cover. It's not available yet. Um, we're really hoping that it will be available um, on Amazon actually as soon as next week. We're shooting for Wednesday. And uh, Joe Bielart has collected all these stories from Clackamas. So uh, Clackamas, if uh, you're not familiar with Clackamas County, um, if you go to the BRFRO website, it has the highest um, uh, reports per capita, and so Bigfoot is uh, no doubt in Clackamas, and it probably has the richest Bigfoot history of any other county in the United States. Yeah, and there's exactly. That, yeah, and there's it's nobody that's I had my more, encounter, uh, and uh, it oh, is it oh, is epic. Uh, the work that Joel Bielhart has done is phenomenal, and right. uh, yeah, to me, Clackamas that area stands out. It's one of the top spots in the nation uh hands down yeah i just uh i don't i don't know if you guys are, are um uh, familiar with with the um oh, i'm drawing a blank right now uh um the site where they had a bunch of rocks and the bigfoot lifted up the rock and, and ate chipmunks you guys right, know what i'm talking right. about thomas yeah. oh yeah thomas yeah. yeah yeah i just went there for the first time last thursday and that's a, one of the more classic Lackamas stories, the Frank Thomas uh, site, 
And uh, he's yeah. actually that, that was one encounter. He actually had two other encounters with Bigfoot, and uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, he's one of the you know. Uh, uh, he was a surveyor. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. definitely uh, a real deal type of uh, uh, encounter. And I recommend everybody if you haven't looked into this. I mean, there's there's definitely you know if you go to Bigfoot Encounters or if you go to you know just do do a Google search on the Thomas site in Clackamas. I believe that Joe Bielart has uh, mentioned it in his uh, Joe Bielart notes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he talks about that. He's he was the he was the premier researcher on that on that encounter. Um, but I think that uh, um, so when you talk about you know some other people that I planned, um, I can definitely count on Cliff when he's not doing his TV show. Uh, Tom Powell is is going to do October for sure. And uh, Joe Bielard's book is coming out hopefully next week. And and uh, even though he's talked at Hopswatch before, um, I've, I keep on trying to prod him to talk more about his book. I think he's been waiting because his book has not been published. Um, so um, um, I don't want to give too much away, but among the, you know, Bigfoot Highway, which is all, that goes through Clackamas County, um, he's actually segmented, uh, segmented five different research areas and uh, uh, me being a visual person, uh, his book actually has uh, six maps, one that's kind of a general map of the whole area, and then he has five more maps with all these kind of Bigfoot uh, encounters that have happened in uh, in the whole area. So basically you could basically, you know, the highway goes, you know, kind of travels from north to south, you know, um, and uh, so you could actually, you know, take Joe Bielard's book, start, at the beginning of the Bigfoot Highway and drive down this highway and know about every awesome Bigfoot encounter um, mm-hmm. that's happened in the last, you know, 30 or 40 years, you know. So, yeah. Um, Peter, once we... Peter Byrne has a big hand in that as well because he, he researched that area uh, quite significantly, and uh, he's another uh, pillar in that area as far as uh, research done in the past, you know. Absolutely. Well, but the, the stories are not ones that that are are uh, commonly found. That he actually these are these are unique stories that Joe went out and and uh, collected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you won't Absolutely. you know you, that you won't find them anywhere else. Absolutely. These are these are not you know BFRO sightings. You know these are these are the ones where Joe Bueller has has uh, basically you know hit the pavement and uh, and done uh, uh, research. Um, on on all these himself, you know, and I think that you know, um, you know, this kind of stuff. I think a lot of people, you know, uh, consume Bigfoot information through the internet, which I which I I am definitely you know part of that too. But uh, there's there's no um, uh, you there's there's nothing that is better than having some of this research that is not available on the internet. You know, I'm a I'm a big Bigfoot book nerd. You know. And so, you know, there's still so many, you know, stuff that I've read in books that you still don't see on the internet. There's uh, and uh, all of these uh, encounters and stories and and uh, research that Joe Bielar has done is uh, in this book, and I can't wait till everybody else gets to read it. You know, I, I'm, uh, uh, you know, if it's possible to be jealous of yourself, I feel very fortunate to be able to kind of have a preview of this book. And like I said, you know, it's I, I love how it's organized too, because you could basically, you know, go from 
you know, from the beginning of the Bigfoot Highway to the very end and hear about all these amazing stories, uh, not only how people interacted or, or kind of uh, reacted to their encounters, but there's tons of stuff in there about Bigfoot behavior that uh, that I think um, will get people excited about, you know, uh, stuff that they haven't read read before, you know. Um, I think I, I should also mention that, you know, uh, another contributor to this book is Cliff Olson, who uh, I'm sure nobody has ever heard of, but he is Joe Bielart's partner as far as uh, Bigfoot investigation, and I, I think they've been doing Bigfoot research for, you know, over 30 years together, so um, even though this is kind of Joe Bielart's baby, you know, uh, who's also getting credit as a co-author of this book, is uh, Cliff Olson, too. I think he deserves as much credit because of uh, his contributions to uh, to the research in the Clackamas area. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, something else to look forward to for um, – I'm excited to read Joe's book. Um, again, that I've had the opportunity to meet Joe um, through Hop Squatch, and uh, thank you enough for the time and effort that you put in the – to making a great event every month, and uh, um, kudos to you. Uh, I I uh, uh, look forward to next month's um, presentation as well. That's going to be awesome. Um, we're just about um, out of time here on Monster Rex today. Um, next week, we actually are having um, the, some of the members of the ground crew um, of, the, of the Falcon Project will be on the show. So um, we'll get a different perspective about uh, what, what the, how, they, how they feel about uh, uh, the upcoming uh, research project. So that's really cool. Got Mr. Guy Edwards, I thank you so much for being here with us. And Shane, as always. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you for the invite. I really appreciate it, you guys. And uh, I, I, I love what you guys are doing with Monster X. You guys really knocked it, knocked it out of the park last weekend. I really enjoyed your show last weekend. It was a great show. And you guys, you know, continue to do uh, what makes me excited and proud of Bigfoot Research. Thank you. Oh, very good. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much, and have a great rest of your evening. We'll see you next week here at 4 p.m. Pacific on Monster X. Good night.